0: I'm now resuming the series of podcasts that I produced together with Michael Salin mainly uh, starting in the summer of 2019. You'll find about 25 of these recordings on SoundCloud and uh, there there are also a number of these uh, recordings in in YouTube format uh, available for you to look back to. Uh, We were, during most of these recordings focusing on the southern dimension of European security. This was within the context of the project supported by the Royal Swedish Academy on War Sciences on uh, Swedish perspectives on European security, where it's going. We had thought that we would proceed from the southern dimension to the eastern, but right in the middle of the preparation for that, of course, we were faced with the corona crisis. So suddenly people had no energy left beyond dealing with the health and economy aspects of this enormous crisis. Clearly, it's going to influence not only Swedish security in a wide sense, but also European security. So we need to take it into account in the project that we now undertake. So we are faced with a security crisis, which is not easy to analyze using traditional geographic dimensions. You could say that it comes from China, of course. In our case, from then, from the East, from the Eastern dimension. But in reality, this is, of course, a virtual crisis. It could have originated in many other places in in the world, and there is no political intent behind this crisis. But it is an example of a flow security problem. Uh, and relates to a discussion we already had in the project about flow security, how to protect the good things we need and how to uh, interdict the negative flows. uh, Threatening our life, be it through finance, through uh, cyber or through, in this case, virus health security. So, did we, did we see this particular threat coming? Hardly. Not everyone, at least. I'll come back to one important exception to this. But already at this point, and even before we have reached the highest level of the, of the crisis, there is, in my view, an urgent need to zoom out on the wider implications for the not-distant future. There will be, very soon, a time when the wider implications of the crisis need to be met by strategy, to be implemented in a very difficult situation at that point. Because if we now see a lot of unity, a lot of support for political leaders, uh, a lot of agreement along over party lines, etc., a willingness to mobilize enormous resources to deal with, a, with a, an acute problem, an acute crisis. This is not necessarily going to be the case when the crisis nears its end. Then we are likely to see more discord, more confusion, more lack of unity on priorities. We have seen it already, you can see it from the end of the First World War. Uh, when Woodrow Wilson launched his uh, proposal on the League of Nations, uh, which was not supported by his own country. Uh, You could see it in the end of the Second World War, when Winston Churchill, surprisingly, was not re-elected in the country he had served so well. You could see it in France, Charles de Gaulle losing power after the war as well. In this case, it's clear that the crisis is opening the Pandora's box when it comes to security, at least in the perceptions of many. We have seen many uh, references to the need for civil, sec- civil security, civil defense, uh, etc., in many different strategic documents set up op- over the years. We have, however, not seen that these pledges, this analysis has been been taken fully serious in terms of financial contributions and appropriations. In particular after the Cold War, we have seen many countries, including Sweden, dismantling uh, a large part of its civil defence. There have been important decisions taken, privatising essential societal functions. Reducing our uh, autonomy in important uh, areas where we know from, for instance, the Second World War that a certain amount of autonomy, at least in the beginning of a crisis, is very important. When it comes to the virus problem, there have been people like Bill Gates who have warned against a crisis like this for years. Is on record with a TED talk already in 2015, arguing that this might be the biggest threat that we are facing, even bigger than the threat of a nuclear war. Uh, As regards the Swedish Royal Academy of War Sciences, it is uh, on record uh, for having warned about the problem in terms of civil defense uh, the last time about a year ago. Uh, when uh, when, uh, uh, the need to prioritize not only military defense but also a sector which for the time being only receives about 10% of the overall appropriations for the total defense in Sweden. In this situation, the consolation could have been, of course, that we have saved money. In Sweden we have a relatively low national debt uh, due to a, a continuous policy on the part of several governments over the last 10 years to reduce our national debt, to come back after the financial crisis and so on. So you would argue that we have the resources to deal with this crisis. But the problem is of course that in a crisis like this when others are in the same type of crisis we are not easily going to be able to acquire the stuff that we need for uh, managing the crisis. That is the, uh, the issue. Uh, you can save money in the barns, but you have to think about how you can use that money quickly. So there will be an impact assessment on this, no doubt, and people are already also regretting. Politicians are already expressing regret over privatization of some important functions, for instance the privatization of pharmacies in Sweden. There is also a higher level here, the European Union and the United Nations, which have both had, had enormous difficulties to function in this type of crisis. The European Union has had somewhat of an easier situation, but the UN situation in New York is of course very, very difficult, being more or less in quarantine. We've had language in our national security strategy about these things, uh, but they have never been implemented. We've had guidelines on the level of central agencies in Sweden, which also have not been implemented on the level of uh, the central regions in our country in Stockholm, Göteborg, Malmö. So, there will be a need to come to serious implementation decisions because a strategy of course is nothing worse if you don't implement it. Now there is another problem, namely what's happening outside the realm of this corona crisis? What's happening in all the areas where we were concerned before the crisis started? Uh, in the southern dimension of European security for instance when it relates to the Middle East and Africa, situation with Turkey and Idlib, Syria, what's happening with Iran and so on. We need to come back to that. Uh, We need to understand also that most likely also these situations have been and are going to be even more influenced by the corona crisis itself. So it's not even only the enormous problem of health, the enormous problem of economy, but there are also a number of other dimensions involved here. We have uh, described in an initial way, preliminary way, in our draft report on the southern dimension, that we are living in the context of a rapidly deteriorating situation in the international system. We have seen over the last 20-30 years a string of crises passing by. Uh, The 9-11, the tsunami, uh, floodings in Central Europe, uh, Arab Spring, Fukushima, uh, Ukraine preceded by Georgia, and then of course the migration crisis. All of these crises have been very, very important. Uh, But only one actually, the financial crisis has been a real multi sector crisis. But now we have really, we are really hit not only in Europe but in the world of a multi sector crisis where you cannot simply perpetuate the notion that, which is typical also in Sweden, that those who are in charge in normal times are also in charge in crisis. We, we see that the fact that it is a multi-sector crisis requires the highest level of government to take a firm lead of the situation and to, to deal with it. Uh, we see it in the United States that the, the, the governors are important and have a lot of power, but without the federal government they are not in a very good situation. So we need to come back. We need to set up new plans. We need to come back on the field hospitals that we got rid of in the last 20 years. We had a lot of them in Sweden. We need to get back on the storage sites uh, for civil defense equipment. We get need to get back on increasing the, uh, the robustness of the various systems that we need to have functioning in crisis. Look at what would have happened if the, this crisis had been combined also with the crisis of of uh, uh, the Internet, of the cyber-crisis, so that we wouldn't have been able to work at a distance, which is now developed as a new form of, of uh, 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 normal, a new normal in, uh, in uh, business. So we have a golden opportunity to do something about this problem during the coming year or years. Uh, we need to come to a situation where Uh, The politicians are not self-congratulatory on this issue, on what they have done or tried to do, but uh, are critical about what has been done in a constructive way. Uh, It's good that uh, political leaders try to calm the population. It's natural, particularly in election year as in the United States. But in the end, in the history books, realism will give the politicians and the leaders the credit that they uh, hopefully will deserve in dealing with this crisis, not as a a standalone crisis, but as, as something, a precursor to a type of crisis which we might see more of in the future. Thank you very much.